what's going on, everybody? This is the Out of Towners episode six featuring Warren the Duke from Brooklyn, New York. Uh, for those of you who are not familiar with this band, they played the Beat Kitchen a little while ago when I had them on. It was a really fun interview. We were looking for a place to do it. Then the green room was full, so we ended up using the uh, furnace room of the Beat Kitchen. So definitely one of the more interesting places I've done one of these out-of-towner interviews. Uh, Dan is the lead singer-guitarist for the band and was currently touring with not kind of the set lineup for the band, so they didn't really feel comfortable getting in on the interview. Uh, So it was just Dan and I, which was really, really fun. I like doing one-on-one interviews because I feel like you get to be more in-depth with the person you're interviewing and really get really awesome answers. So we talk a lot about Dan in terms of Warren the Duke and in terms of his other band that he was in, uh, River City Rebels, that had a really rich following in Chicago with them being on Victory Records. They actually, the first music video he shot was in Chicago while they were on tour with Victory Records. And he talks a little bit about that for the good and bad of it. Um, He's a little embarrassed by it. I immediately went home, found the music video, and I feel it's a good music video. Uh, But we talk about that and kind of going from that band to how he formed Warren the Duke. Uh, A lot of other things we talk about, specifically uh, him and the band are from Brooklyn, New York, and kind of the New England states. So we talk a little bit about uh, the Midwest versus East Coast and the scene that's kind of thriving in Brooklyn and in New York right now. And kind of what's really popular there is kind of the matinee shows are still a big thing in Brooklyn and I remember coming up in Chicago when matinee shows were a thing that people went to and now they've kind of fell to the wayside and I really liked hearing that matinee shows are still being done and they're still being successful uh some of his speed round answers I really love and I got it we both got a good kind of laugh out of it and hopefully you will too uh the main reason they were on tour was to support their new release uh called ghost be gone and that was released on savior generation records out of michigan and also wiretap records out of los angeles uh we talk a little bit about the vinyl coming out and they recently just got the test pressing back for the vinyl and the projected date for the vinyl coming out through Wiretap Records is on June 3rd. So mark your calendars, be ready for that to be coming out. And I've really developed this relationship with bands on this Wiretap Records where I interviewed Warren the Duke, uh, I interviewed Ordinary People from Springfield, Missouri, who are also on Wiretap. Uh, and it's just really, really cool to kind of build that relationship with a record label and to them to let me know, hey, we've got a band coming through. If you can interview them, that'd be great. Uh, so we kind of talk about with Dan kind of setting realistic goals for a band and how those realistic goals kind of help you become a better band in terms of touring and in terms of getting recognized by record labels and getting quote unquote signed Uh, with record labels, whether it be a local DIY one or a nationally recognized one. So let's just get right into it. You're going to be hearing the four songs are all off Ghost Be Gone, uh, the new record. So definitely go check that out and you can buy the CD now and get the digital uh, availability copy of it. And then June 3rd, definitely be on the lookout for the vinyl. It's going to be sick. Uh, So let's just get right into it. This is The Out of Towners, episode six, featuring Warren the Duke. Enjoy. Yes. 
and away we go. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Cool. We're podcasting. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> What's going awesome. on, everybody? This is the Out of Towners episode. Holy shit. This is one, two, three, four, six. This is episode six of the Out of Towners, the new format of the Frisky Morris Sessions podcast where we interview bands on tour, stopping into Chicago, talking about their experiences in the city, what to expect when you're visiting or touring their hometown and kind of just shooting the shit. Uh, with me, I have Dan from Warren the Duke. They're from Brooklyn, New York. How's it going, Dan? Going well, man. How you doing? Good, good. So you guys just got done with Nashville last night and you're on your way to Milwaukee tomorrow. How's the, you guys are kind of in the end of the tour. How's that been going? It's good. Uh, I haven't toured for many years, so for me, this is like a really cool treat just to get on the road and <clears throat> even if, even though it's January and it's cold in a lot of these places, uh, it's just been cool to get out there and uh, see the country and like long drives. I mean, we kind of, we wanted, <laughs> we wanted to cover a lot of, a lot of ground in a, in a small amount of time. So like most of these drives have been like six or seven hours so yeah um you know we're a little bit road weary but we got a lot of space in the van mm -hmm. there's only three of us we're playing as a power trio for this tour so cool um yeah so with uh i know as war and the duke this is well excuse me this is your first um stop in chicago but mm -hmm. with river city rebels and mm -hmm. other bands and things like that uh Talk a little bit about your experiences in Chicago or in the Midwest in general and kind of how it differs from back home. Yeah, I mean, we, uh, so, yeah, when I was in RCR many years ago, and I mean many years ago, <laughs> I mean, this, this was like, shit, I don't even know, this is like 15 years ago or something at this point, but yeah. um, it was kind of like my first tour ever went on. I had just like gotten out of high school and uh, we were on Victory, so yeah. we came out here, we hung out with everyone at Victory, I think we did a music video um, in, yeah, like 2000, like before the days when anyone could do a music video. There's the so one like, where you guys are like yeah. in the big white room. Uh, yeah, it wasn't that like one. It was the first one we ever did. It was for the first record. Okay. And we uh, just went on a bunch of like rooftops <laughs> and danced around in suits with like horns nice, and stuff. Yeah. And we didn't have any idea where we were. <laughs> or what was going on? But all that was filmed in Chicago. It was or? all in Chicago, yeah. So like, if you cool little tidbit, if you, you can still go online and find that music video. I don't even want to say the name of it now. It's a little <laughs> embarrassing because we kind of look like the high school Glee Club. We're like 19, we're like 18 years old. We're like wearing suits or whatever. So, um, but yeah, that was like my first. I got to see. I didn't know where I was or what I was doing or what the names of anything was. But I got to see Chicago then, and yeah, um, it's kind of cool just because. Like, you know, grew up in, uh, uh, hey, what's hey, going on? how are you? What's up? Um, what's up? We're doing a little podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, no yeah. worries. No problem. The green room is like right where that cage is. Take a left. Okay, cool. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. I was going to say I could get some new band members in here. Every time someone walks in, I ask them if they want to play guitar for me. Um, yeah, no, it's, uh, I was talking about, yeah, the music video. Uh, yeah, so it was just cool to see, like, Chicago when I was like, I don't know, 18 years old, yeah. I've just gotten out of high school. I feel like that's a pretty cool way to yeah. see it, too, is, like, mm -hmm. bouncing around, shooting a music video, and getting all that stuff. Yeah, totally, and, and like, we got to uh, see the Victory Place and everything, and I think we played mm -hmm. at Fireside Bowl. Was your first um, show in Chicago? It was our first show in Chicago, yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, I played, I, I think it was Fireside Bowl, um, which was just a really cool experience, and just kind of growing up in Boston, um, or the Boston area, which is a small city, mm -hmm. um, you know, whenever I get to go to like New York or Chicago or LA or anything, was really kind of like this is a city. You know, like this is <laughs> this place is fucking enormous. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I've always, I've always, uh, I've always really loved Chicago. I mean, <clears throat> it's one of those things where like I don't really have a lot of specific, like, I don't know where I am when I come here. Yeah. I don't know what neighborhood <laughs> I'm in. Um, I don't know where to go, but I just like. Uh, there's there's just like something I don't know abstract abstractly enjoyable about being here if that makes any sense no like, yeah for just sure kind of like the fact of being in, in, in Chicago I guess so yeah yeah how how is in your travels kind of Chicago compared to other Midwestern cities is it definitely like mm -hmm. you know you're in a metropolitan area compared yeah. to some of the other cities yeah, in the Midwest or? totally yeah and and like you know you kind of drive up like I said. Um, or I was saying before the interview, I guess, like, we, we went to, we for some reason passed through Louisville, 
like three times on this tour. We didn't play Louisville, <laughs> but like, and every time I pass through, it's like, oh, there's Louisville, and it's like this, you know, it's this, this little city with a little skyline or whatever. And, uh-huh. um, so, yeah, Chicago is like, it's the big, uh, the kind of big cheese on the Midwest here, mm-hmm. right? And, and there's, it's kind of surrounded uh, by like a lot of rural area and whatever, but the For city sure. itself is just really cool when you roll up to it. Yeah. You know, it's kind of just like Oz in a way, like after <laughs> driving. Uh, you know, through the, the the you know Tennessee mountains or whatever. It's, yeah, it's, it's it's pretty cool. So, do you yeah. have like a fun, <clears throat> crazy story besides the music video from your time in Chicago? Um, or? I don't have any specific. I mean, like I guess like for my last band, there were like some pretty scary stories, like like some pretty violent stories, <laughs> um, which I was not really a part of. But um, yeah. you know, I guess just in general, yeah, just coming and like. Um, when I was young, like, you know, playing Fireside Bowl and, and, and seeing Victory. And then, like, we played a couple Warp Tours here before, which okay, was really for cool. Sure, yeah. And that was, um, yeah, I think that was, what, like, 2001, 2002, maybe, okay. um, when I was in that band. And, and uh, yeah, I remember we, like, played some tent, and we kind of just showed <laughs> up. We had, like, three shows in the Midwest. It was, like, Indianapolis. Um, I forget where else, like, probably Milwaukee or something. And then uh. we, so we just showed up to Chicago the next day with all of our shit which is what a lot of bands did back then yeah we're just like we're here what time are we playing where can we play right. and they put us in this tent and there were just like 500 kids going totally crazy shit. so yeah it was awesome um yeah chicago's always had like from the from the somewhat limited experience uh in the specifics anyway i've always kind of felt that chicago's had a really cool music scene uh really cool punk scene and and uh, yeah, it's, yeah. I, I really wanted to go out of my way to make it here for this tour. For sure. So yeah. Do you feel that with being here with different bands, it's definitely a different experience depending on which group you're with? Mm-hmm. Was there like a like RCR like totally different experience mm-hmm. being in that band than being with this band or being in any other band? Yeah, like I was in, in another band, or like or yeah, any yeah, town yeah. while you're touring for that matter. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I was in another band from Brooklyn, like, seven, six or seven years ago. And they were this kind of, like, how shall I put it? They were, like, an artsy band. I'll just leave it at that. Okay. They're very artsy. It was, like, an indie-ish artsy kind of thing with, like, strings and, you know, electronics and everything. And uh, we played the Bottom Lounge Okay. And yeah. there were like fifty people there in a room that's like I'm just trying to remember off the top of my head. It's probably a thousand cap room or eight hundred. Yeah, it's you pretty, know yeah, five hundred. Let's there. say five hundred to a thousand, and there were like fifty people there at that, and it just seemed really empty. And like people at those shows just kind of stare at the ceiling or stare at, stare at their shoes or whatever when you're playing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I've had. I, I feel like in in the I've probably played this city, you know, in in one way or another. You know, I don't know, five or five or six or seven times in my life, and yeah, I think I've had like a various or varying degrees of excitement for the shows that I've been playing, and that one was particularly unexciting. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's yeah. always tricky when you're touring because it's like you hit towns on like their Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday nights, mm-hmm. and it's like it, yeah. it, it's that half of it is like you're depending so much on the local band sure and the other half of it is like the nature of the beast of yeah. playing a weeknight show where it's like well we we need to be productive right. like we can't just take three days off like yeah. we don't have that luxury yeah but it's like it's that kind of double-edged sword where it's like we know we need to play a monday night we know it's not going to be that packed yeah but and it's also the fact that like when you show up to these cities you like you kind of have this ego, like, all right, it's time for everyone to party, right? And they're just yeah. like, oh, it's fucking Tuesday, <laughs> yeah. like, you know. And I mean, we see, I see that we see that a lot being in New York, and like, you know, friends will come through town and like crash on our our couch or whatever, and 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 it'll be like a Wednesday, and I'll be like, ah, oh, you have to get up at you know the crack of dawn tomorrow, and they're just like, oh shit, I remember that, you know, you kind of remember that there's a real world out there, yeah, um, once in a while, which kind of brings you back down to earth. So, you know, so here I am in Chicago on a Wednesday night, and I'm kind of like. I gotta have my wits about me. Uh-huh. You know, I gotta be like, I can get shit faced, but not everyone can get shit faced. Yeah. Right, you know, so <laughs> not that I'm gonna get shit faced, but you know, I might. So. I might. Get yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a possibility. I've <laughs> already got started, so. Yeah. We're gonna take a little break and listen to a song off uh, Warren the Duke's na- uh, new EP. Full. It's. 
it's a full length mm -hmm. uh, called Ghost Be Gone. It was co-released on Wiretap and Save Your Generation Records. And the first track we'll say was Chicago Lights. Mm -hmm. We'll play that one first. And then this one, check out the music video for it's Harry O'Donnell, yep. correct? Uh, cool music video, definitely check it out. You're gonna listen to that track. Definitely go to the Bandcamp and check out the full LP. You'll be listening to tracks from it throughout the podcast. And when we come back, we'll talk more in depth on touring, what a band can expect when they play Brooklyn or kind of like the New England states and Warren the Duke as a band. Enjoy. It's not. It's pro not. Being pro it's not here. being worth its <laughs> worth its money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Welcome back, everyone. We are with Dan McCool from Warren the Duke, and you just listened to Harry O'Donnell off Ghost Be Gone, their new LP that they're kind of on tour to support. And before we get into touring, I want to talk about uh, this release was kind of both wiretap and save your generation records how did those relationships come about and 
what was there like a specific reason behind doing two uh, labels behind it? I think the specific reason was that Rob wanted to get a, a few more records out and kind of split the cost three ways for it. So Rob of uh, Wiretap. Rob, yeah, Rob yeah. of uh, Wiretap Records, who um, who kind of like approached us about doing something with them, and then yeah, I think he, he worked um, with uh, Tony, who I've never met in person before, but I, I guess he's coming here tonight. Um, nice. But yeah, he was working with Tony. I guess Tony does like PR for. Uh, wiretap okay. um, through Saver Generation Records, I think, if I'm correct. So, yeah, um, just kind of splitting it three ways. We're we're putting each of us are putting in a third, and then each of us are going to get a third out of it. So, um, yeah, kind of the more the merrier. Like the bigger our team, the better at this stage in the game because yeah. we just kind of got started. So, um, the more the more allies we have. Because you, know, you put out the Nor'easter <clears throat> EP before this full length, and um, reaching out to kind of labels to put out this LP was it you had a specific like I already know these relationships I know I definitely want to reach out to X label or was it I'm just going to put my feelers out to everyone I know and hopefully Mm -hmm. someone picks it up well we yeah I mean I think Rob got in touch with us because he was doing um, he was doing a compilation and I think he just saw us in some post or something on, on, you know, dying scene or something like that maybe Uh and, and, and dug it and then reached out to us and, uh, yeah. And I was like, cool. We'd love to be on your, on your uh, compilation. And I was like, also, that's fucking awesome that you're doing a compilation in the year 2015. I didn't know that people still did that, but that's fucking rad because yeah. that's how I got into every band I ever got into when I was yeah. uh, younger, you know. So, um, but anyway, yes. And then, like, I don't know, a week or two later, he just, you know, emailed again and was like, "Man, I can't stop listening to this record," and it was really mm. flattering. And um, so, yeah, it was just kind of like pretty, pretty quick decision. I was just kind of like sitting there one day, and I was like, "Fuck yeah, yeah. you know, let's 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 uh, let's." Let's have a partnership here. So yeah, and he's been he's been really. I mean, Rob is like, you know, it's not just like having a label. It's like having just like just having like a manager in your corner. Mm. You know, um, kind of like you know, he did a lot of like graphic art for us and Very cool. um, just kind of you know helped us get some of these shows and, and kind of you know hooked us up with um, connected us with avenues here and everything. Yeah, We're definitely. With tonight, so um, yeah, it's definitely like really cool to have have him in our corner. Being new to the label, do you feel like? gone are the days of kind of like the label being a mini family other than the people writing it like in terms of the bands mm-hmm. um or is it because they're so spread out it's hard to kind of have that like yeah. hey we're on the same label like brothers in arms kind of thing or? i don't know because i mean i like i haven't been on a label for so long that <laughs> like i mean i uh, i guess the only major experience i had before was was being on victory and yeah like those bands were so just like busy all the time <laughs> yeah. that you know unless you're specifically supporting one of the bands on tour you don't really ever meet the other mm. bands i mean i think we met like thursday and like uh i forget you know just like a couple of those bands back then for like, sure doing, like warp tour or whatever and just like saying what's up yeah you know, backstage or something but and it's cool um, that avenues <clears throat> from milwaukee <throat> is playing tonight and then gonna mm-hmm. play with you guys again so yeah. you guys get to spend a couple days with your label mates it's the closest <laughs> thing we have to like a tour package at yeah this point, you know? so um yeah i mean i think yeah it's it's I, I, Has I th- it shifted from when you were on Victory and stuff? Just kind mm-hmm. of like the culture of it? Because I mean, mm-hmm. again, back then, music and music industry as a whole was mm-hmm. a lot different than, yeah. than it is today. Where Man, the, Yeah, the last time I like put out a record, I mean, I've been on, like I was, like I said, I was in a band six or seven years ago or whatever, and, and, yeah. and we put like an EP out, but it wasn't like, I didn't do it, it wasn't my thing, it was somebody mm-hmm. else's really. Um, but the last time I put a record out of like my stuff, it was like before like, like MySpace existed. I mean, it was like so long ago. Yeah. And, um, but you know, but, so there's a lot more opportunities to get music out today. But but definitely back then, there was just like a, you know, there was a system behind you. Mm. I mean, like when yeah. when we're on Victory, like you just you need tour posters for something you call Victory. You have to mail it there. Yeah. Uh, you need merch. You need hoodies or whatever for some show you're playing. You tell them the venue arrives when you arrive there middle of nowhere whatever you know so um so that was so that was easy in a lot of ways but and and you know the distribution was there and everything yeah yeah um i just i don't know personally like for me i'm like you know i'm old as shit and i i wouldn't be like i wouldn't i wouldn't be able to do this if if 
if making music was not as democratic as it has become today. Mm. So like I can, you know, I mean, I sat down a couple years ago and just wrote a song on GarageBand. Yeah. And you know, two years later, I'm I'm, I'm touring the country. So it's like you know, mm. I you couldn't. I mean, there was no such thing as GarageBand back then. There was no such thing yeah. as, uh, you know, if you wanted to put a demo together, it was a four track. Yeah, you had to do a four track. You had to get some friends together. You had to like, a, yeah. you had to have a friend who was a drummer. You didn't have the MIDI drums or whatever, you know. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that there's, you know, like like all kind of changes in any, you know, business. There's it's a double edged sword. You know, you lose mm. kind of. Um, you know, more people can make music. They can get it out to more people, but you also don't have these kind of powerhouses driving right. behind the band. So, um, but you know, I, if I had to choose, I'd choose this model. You know, yeah, I, I definitely dig just the idea that we can. Um, you know, I mean, Rob would never have found out about us or whatever, and mm. we would not have been part of his little uh, his little thing here if if uh, if, if uh, you know we didn't have this model. So yeah, yeah. So let's talk about touring. Was there? You guys are kind of doing like south midwest like east um is there a reason for the regional choices or is it proximity to home base uh kind of not going out to the west coast because you want to keep like Mm -hmm. the dates a certain time frame or it's mostly just weather i guess i mean it's just like (laughs) any excuse to get the fuck out of the northeast yeah there was those couple days new york was warmer than well that was the irony is like when we left new york it was like 50 degrees and then we like i don't know five days later we were in like cincinnati and it was like below zero so um but yeah i mean i think yeah i i it was more of a kind of personal thing from my end just because like I there was a lot of cities that I had never been to I've been on tour a lot yeah um, but like I'd never been to Austin before mm-hmm. and it was kind of like this thing that was really weighing on me you know yeah like, I'd never been to Atlanta um, I mean so yeah I just wanted to see that I, I wanted to see I usually go out to the Midwest um, when I tour like out to I don't know Iowa and back just kind of like do like a loop um, yeah so there's a lot of places that I wanted to see um, I guess you know seeing Austin was kind of a priority. We're gonna do a South by Southwest show. Hell yeah! Um, That's another so like modern version there, of yeah. I, when you were mentioning like just bringing your stuff to Warp Tour and being like, "Where mm-hmm. are we playing?" Yeah, I know so many of my friends that are now going to like, "Fuck you, relocate in Oklahoma," sure. and they're going down to South by Southwest with all their gear and just like going mm-hmm. to every bar, being like, mm-hmm. "Hey, can we play tonight? Hey, can we play tonight?" Yeah, it's yeah. like that. They're like banking on that one bar is gonna say yes, and they like yeah. set up on the sidewalk. And <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, and like my um, well, the guy who's drumming for us on this tour, his you know he's he's played South by Southwest like ten times or something. Uh-huh. Um, he's played down there with his other band a lot, and so so he was kind of just talking about how fucking crazy it is when you get there, and there's just like people yeah. like dodging drunks in the street, like with like <laughs> with like bass drum heads, you know, oh, heads God. or whatever. So, um, yeah, so. Um, yeah, so that was that was definitely one of the cities I wanted to hit, um, mm-hmm. and that was kind of a stretch. It didn't really make logical sense to get there. The yeah. drive there was like ten hours, and the drive out of there was like another seven or whatever. So, right. Um, but I do want to get to the West Coast at some point, especially mm-hmm. since um, since Wiretap is out there, and yeah, you know, kind of uh, get to get to hang out with those guys a little bit. So, For sure. Yeah. Uh, so with kind of touring. <laughs> Talking about your home base, Brooklyn, and I know we were talking about Boston before. Mm-hmm. If a band is oh shit, no. we're wobbling. <laughs> if now. a if a band is planning on booking a tour and they're like, we want to hit the New England, mm-hmm. like New York, Boston, like we were talking about Connecticut, mm-hmm. all that stuff. What is kind of one thing that they should definitely do, and one thing that they should definitely not do? <laughs> um. Don't go in the winter, I guess. <laughs> yeah. um, don't go in the winter. Um, don't go to Connecticut. No, I'm just kidding. Connecticut's <laughs> fine. My bass player is from Connecticut. I always give him shit. It's yeah. like Connecticut is like, you know, it's kind of like the flyover state between Boston and New York. So, mm-hmm. um, but you can go to Connecticut, I guess. Uh, I don't know. I mean, like, yeah, it's it's a tough thing. I mean, I guess the thing is, if you're gonna play in New York. Um, like, it's always good to know people there who are gonna come out to your show because it's mm. really, um, it's so oversaturated, oversaturated, and people are so spoiled there. Okay, that it's like if you don't have a name, it's really tough to get people to come to your show unless you know them personally. Really? So, okay. Um, that being said, 
If I was not from New York and I was passing through, I would fucking play New York no matter what. So If you're playing New York, I know with, like, you guys are Brooklyn, is there a specific borough or area? Because, I mean, New York, I feel, is similar to Chicago where it's, like, the neighborhood has a lot to do with kind of the draw and who's coming to your shows. Mm-hmm. Is there kind of a specific, like, try to stray away from, like, here and like definitely try and play like here because this is where it's happening this is where people are going to be yeah more supportive i don't don't know if that exists but i don't really know i mean i I guess all i can say is like if you play like there's a lot of really you know especially if playing like a punk rock band um a lot of great places in like the lower east side okay uh you know that 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 you want to get to but it's also a shit show you know, once you get out of there, like once you get out of your show, if you go to, I don't, I don't know, if you go to Williamsburg, it's just maybe a little bit calmer, I guess, like Williamsburg, Brooklyn, or, uh, you know, Greenpoint or Bushwick or something like that. Um, it, it doesn't, you know, if you play a show in the lower side and you leave the show and you go into the sidewalk, you're just, it's going to be fucking chaos. And like, <laughs> um, you know, it's going to be like that South by Southwest kind of thing. If you okay. do it on a weekend anyway. Yeah. Um, so I would I would prefer playing Brooklyn. I mean I prefer Brooklyn anyway. I think mm. most people around there do anyway these days. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean there's a lot of really great places to play in Brooklyn. Um, we uh, we play this like punk rock matinee uh, kind of thing okay. at uh, Grand Victory in Williamsburg once in a while, which is right near where we live, and that's really cool. A lot of traveling bands go through town, so okay. like. Anytime a band has talked to us on this tour and was like, we're going up to Brooklyn, what should we do? I just like, play Grand Victory. Play like a yeah. matinee show at Grand Victory. And that's it's so really weird because yeah. now in Chicago, mm-hmm. like Reggie's kind of mm-hmm. like by Chinatown mm-hmm. used to always do, if there was like a big band coming in, they would play a matinee all ages and then like a night show that was mm-hmm. like 21 and up. Yeah. And now I feel like the the days of matinee shows are kind of fleeing here in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Is that Matinee show like an exception, or are Matinee shows still kind of popular? That's the only one that I know about. Okay. So it's like I don't know about any any other place in America. Like that's <laughs> the only Matinee, and but it's you know, and it's hit or miss. I mean, like if it's after you know Fourth of July or something, it's not going to be good. But if it's like in the middle of nothing, like if it's in the middle of March or something, like people come out, you know. Yeah. So, um, is there a big kind of? Uh, between like house shows and uh, like formal venue shows is there mm-hmm. a good enough divide or is there something where it's like mm-hmm. one is definitely better than the other um I, you know I don't like it's it's a weird thing because I don't think I've really I don't think we've really played any like quote unquote DIY venues in okay. Brooklyn I mean I guess we kind of played one a few weeks ago that just opened um, with this with this band from Brooklyn this punk band from Brooklyn and that place was pretty cool um but yeah, I mean, for the most part, you're you're gonna be playing like some kind of club or some kind of yeah bar or something like that. So um, yeah, I, I haven't really noticed much of a kind of difference between the two. So yeah. Okay, I know here too. It's a lot of like the house show scene stays alive because there's mm-hmm. so many under twenty one mm-hmm. bands that are coming up and trying to get their chops, and mm-hmm. it's one of those where Chicago is that kind of city where all the formal venues are 18 and up, 21 and up. Right. So there's those kids that angry, got something to say, and sure, like, those sure. are kind of how it, it kind of erupts. But Yeah, I'm just trying to think if I like know anyone under the age of 25. <laughs> yeah. at, like, especially in New York, I don't think I do. And I feel um, that's the thing, but too. I'm curious. Like, you get I'd to like an to, age yeah. where it's like, you kind of lose touch of that. And I'm, mm-hmm. like, I was talking about doing, I do like album reviews here, mm. and there was an album review that I did, and like someone sent me this album, and it was these kids that were like freshmen in high school, and I was like, yeah. fuck, if yeah. I played like that when I was a freshman in high school, yeah. it'd be game over. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's like, you kind of get jaded, like, like as you get older because you forget about like oh yeah. man i remember when like, i was like 18 like mm-hmm. getting like like a parent to like pick us up and drop us off yeah definitely we had to leave as soon as we were done playing. i used to, well <laughs> just like in boston or all the suburbs of boston i used to do a lot of all ages shows um and like vfws and yeah Elf, and all that kind of stuff. And yeah all that i mean stuff, yeah. you know it's funny like it's like I don't have crazy stories about being in a band in my 20s or 30s but I do have crazy <laughs> like, like being a teen like I mean we would just shut places down we would like put 
<laughs> Knights of Columbus halls, like on the like watch list of like, the police department or whatever, you know. So those um, those those were the wilder days, you know. Yeah. When, when it was like real punk rock, it was like both the music and the attitude, you know. So, yeah. But um, so besides so. that matinee uh, show, mm-hmm. what would be kind of like your top three if a band's coming? Like definitely reach out to these three people or these three venues like what's like your top three places to play in chicago for or in new york in new york yeah um one of my favorite venues which is kind of like on this on the cusp of being um of being like a uh, like a pro venue and a diy space is shea stadium i guess now that i think about it which is in um Williamsburg. It's kind of out in the middle of nowhere, but it's a really fucking cool place to see a show. And okay. it's like, um, you know, it's like upstairs. It's like a, it's maybe like two, three hundred capacity or something. Okay. And you know, they sell like cans of PBR there, kind of thing. Yeah. Um. So I check out that place for sure. Um. And then you know, like Lower East Side, like, uh, I've always really liked Cake Shop. Some people are pretty divided on that. It's kind of like okay. a basementy kind of place. So Cake Shop's really cool. Um, yeah, and then, uh, you know, like I said, this place, Grand Victory in Williamsburg, uh, this, uh, say Liz Red, um, uh, puts on punk shows there, and she puts on, like, a, a yearly punk fest in, oh, in Brooklyn, yeah. so, uh, we didn't play it, um, or we haven't played it, I guess, but, uh, yeah, she does a lot of the kind of punk rock booking around there, I think, so. Hell yeah. Um, so she's definitely a good person to get in touch with, for cool. sure. Cool. Yeah, Liz Red, so. Nice. Yeah. Well, we're gonna take another, uh, quick final break. Uh, before we get into kind of the speed round and other things like that, um, third song. What's the what's one of the new lyric videos that are that's coming out? Yeah, we got a couple of them coming out like between now and when the when the uh, vinyl comes out in the spring, and so we got Nor'easter. Um, so we'll do that one. Yeah, we'll do Nor'easter. So this is gonna be Nor'easter, and this is off Ghost Be Gone. That is available on Bandcamp, available in CD form. Very soon available uh, in it's on iTunes, on Amazon, and Spotify, and all that stuff. And fucking sweet 12 inch vinyl coming soon. Uh, So enjoy Nor'easter, and we'll be back.
All right, we're back. You just listened to Nor'easter, and we're gonna get into kind of the final segment of this interview. Uh, one thing I wanted to touch on just in the songwriting process, you've been in so many other bands, and we've talked kind of about how this band is, like you're the anchor for this band. Is there a pro, con, like, what would be your like pros and cons for kind of being the anchor to a band and uh, kind of having not a revolving door, but like a constant lineup change in terms of the writing process? I think, yeah, I mean, I'm thinking about this a lot going forward because, I mean, the first record was kind of just like a, I, I, I yeah, I, I wrote everything myself and I did it all, you know, in a bedroom with, you know, GarageBand and it was, all, it was basically all in my own head. Yeah. Um, and there's there's virtues to that, you know. You get to do whatever you want. Yeah. You don't have to talk to anybody. You yeah. don't have to negotiate. You know. You don't have to compromise on anything. You don't have to communicate. Like yeah. I have this thing in my brain. Yeah. And I don't have to explain to you how to play it. Yeah. I can just play it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, hopefully you have some kind of like self conversation about it. But yeah. you don't have to actually like placate anybody. And mm. at the end of the day, so um, yeah, it would. You know, it's like. I don't know. It's it's. Uh, I've been in bands where you've got eight people writing songs, and it's just it sucks. It's just yeah. like it's awful, and like there's just egos, and just people are trying to get their songs in, and like you know. So I would definitely choose this over that. Yeah. Um, that being said, um, it would be cool to have kind of a songwriting partner, or mm. if not, at least someone to kind of produce the record. Yeah. Um, which I feel like going forward into the next record, that's kind of a priority for me is to for at the sure. very least have a producer to kind of be like, man, you can't harmonize everything on the <laughs> album because I I'm like I will harmonize fucking everything. Yeah. If if, if given free reign, so I want to uh, scale back on that a little bit. For sure. Um, so yeah, you know, pros and cons. Um, you know, writing alone, writing with others, it's it, you want to kind of find a middle ground. Yeah, because like. it's that like. Half of you is like two heads are better than one, and it's like you don't want to get in a funk where like your brain's writing the same song over and over again. But at the same, because like I, in my band and like in other projects I do, it's like kind of I feel your pain with it. And it's like, on one hand, I'm like, I know in my head, like it sounds fucking awesome, and like I just don't want to take time to be like, no, like I wanted, I wanted this rhythm or this stroke pattern, mm -hmm. and it's like, mm -hmm. just let me do it. Mm -hmm. But then at the other time, like I've had like produce, I've gone like the producer route, mm -hmm. and it's been so great because they're like, you want to like, for me, it's gang vocals because I come from like a terror, sure. like hardcore sure. Bane background, and yep. I'm like, yep. let's fucking like get 20 people in here, and yep. they're like, you don't need 20 people. Yeah, you see, like you do this again. Yeah, and like get that like high like that higher note for the harmony yeah like that's yeah, yeah, all yeah. you need yeah. you don't need to do more exactly and then it's like ah fuck you're right yeah like yeah, i yeah. hate i hate when i'm wrong but well, i appreciate you yeah. calling me out on my shit sometimes <laughs> it just takes a couple like little hints or a couple little suggestions or whatever from some from, yeah. like, from some outsider so we had uh jay mass uh recorded the record from uh defeater uh-huh yeah and uh you know, we went in, I mean, we just went in there to do drums and then we kind of did everything else on our own and then he mixed it and mastered it. Okay, yeah. um, but when we were there, he gave, you know, basically we got done with the drums, we had like half an hour left over on the clock and mm. that's that was like the quote-unquote producing session. So, okay, yeah. you know, he was just kind of like, here's what I'm hearing on your record, here's what, here's the direction I see it going in, you know, and and uh, just kind of some of the stuff I remembered, some of the stuff I forgot, you know, but <laughs> um, so sometimes, you know, I think that, that 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 helped a little bit, but it would be good some be good to have someone there just kind of like day in and day out um, yeah just kind of like hearing it from an outsider perspective for and, sure um so it's it's tough to write songs when you when when or it's tough to finish songs finish recording songs when they're just all in your head you know? yeah so, yeah <laughs> all right so we'll wrap this up in a nice pretty bow with the ever famous speed round um ask just generic interview questions answer them as quickly as possible like one word answers or like, like uh, under five words you'll understand when i ask the questions all right how many words it entails but don't be shy all right. um with your answers we want truthful answers not like i have to have like a punk rock answer to it okay um so first question is the first album record that was ever 
given to you or that you ever bought? Meat puppets, too high to die. Hell yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was in seventh grade, I think, when that came out. So nice. that was for Christmas. I don't know what year. I don't even want to say. 1980-something. <laughs> so, All yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Uh, favorite venue to play, we'll say, we'll say in New York. Favorite venue in New York? Hmm. That's kind of a tough one. Um, I would probably say pianos in the Lower East Side. Okay. I don't really know why I choose that, but it's it's tied with like five others. So I'll yeah. just I'll just say pianos. I just uh, it's a cool room. It's a good size. Uh, I think I've played there probably more than any other place. So nice. Yeah. Favorite venue in United States? Oh shit. Yeah. That's tough. That's really tough. <laughs> yeah. um, probably. That's where it's like we watch. Yeah. It's like yeah. the first thing that pops your head is usually the yeah. right answer. Yeah, shit. Um, man, we've played a lot of good ones on this tour. Um, mm-hmm. But I know I'm going way over the, the, the lightning round requirements here. But No, you're totally um, fine. <laughs> probably uh, Middle East and Boston. And I think that's another one. And Cambridge. Um, and that's probably another one that just kind of has a lot of history for me. That's um, where MIT is, right? Yeah, it's right okay. near, it's like, yeah, it's in Central Square uh, okay, in, sure. in, in Cambridge. But I've seen a lot of fucking awesome shows there. I've seen like Rancid there. I've seen the Dropkicks there a bunch. Oh, yeah. like the Boston's there and stuff. Uh, um, a lot of great Boston punk rock came out of there yeah. when I was a teenager. So I, I, would, I would say probably the Middle East, yeah. Cool. Downstairs in the Middle East, yeah. Favorite alcoholic beverage? Um, whatever this is here, Tiger. Tiger beer. Because I haven't had a beer in, in eight hours, so we'll <laughs> cheers, cheers on the Tiger beer uh, front. I don't know. Whatever's wet, whatever's whatever. What's yeah. your whistle? Yeah. If you could open or be direct support for one band, living or dead, who would it be? Um, I'll I'll choose living, and I'll probably at this moment choose against me. I think that that's probably the biggest influence on our music right now. Um, and uh, we got to meet uh, Laura Jane at the uh, Northside Fest that we played in Brooklyn this summer. And, Hell yeah. and she was uh, a very nice person, and I just I love her songwriting, um, I love her lyrics, I love uh, everything about their music. So yeah, against me at the moment would be it. Nice. Yeah. Do you have a pet peeve? And the pet peeve question can go two ways. One is a pet peeve band, so a band that you've never liked, you can't stand, mm. Or a weird pet peeve that you have in your everyday life. You can answer one or both of them. I'm gonna do well. I'll, I'll say the band, and this is something we got in an argument about last night. Was I hate <laughs> Iron Maiden? Um, yeah, Old, I know. Both? Like everything, I just everything. fucking hate <laughs> Iron Maiden. I don't get. The, I don't get it. I don't understand it. Um, I don't. Yeah, yeah. I just. I can't fucking stand it, man. It's just so cheesy. Um, I mean, I don't really like that shit. And uh, there's some bands in that kind of genre. I guess. Uh, they're okay, but I fucking yeah. hate Iron Man. And I also and I'll I'll cheat and I'll also say that I hate Van Halen. I fucking hate Van Halen. Every time Van yeah. Halen comes on, I leave the room. Um, so that's that's a musical pet peeve. Yeah. Uh, regular everyday pet peeve. I don't know. Just you know, tiredness, morning. Yeah. I just I guess not a morning person. Not anything before noon. I don't want anything to do with. So yeah, yeah. Um. <clears throat> Last question, if you had one piece of advice for a band that wants to reach out to a label and go on tour and they're having that band meeting to take their band seriously and take it to that next level, what's the one major piece of advice you would give them? Um, Just pick a couple of modest goals and be really organized about it. I think that that's kind of just what you do like just pick like what do you want to like just take it one step at a time you know just like modest goals I mean that's what we're still we're not you know we're not a big deal or anything but I I just feel like it just makes it so much more enjoyable to be in a band when you're always obsessed with yeah getting that big thing or whatever it just sucks so just you know enjoy yourself Um, little goals baby steps you know meet them one at a time don't go overboard with it Take your time. All that good stuff. Hell yeah. That's yeah. it. Cool. That's all I got for you. Awesome. Somewhat short and sweet. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> Dan, thanks so yeah. much for coming on the podcast. Thank you, Steve. Uh, the last track we are going to play is the other song that's going to have a music video in the near future. Yeah, and that so is going to be... It's called Star. It's the last song on the record. 
Awesome. So you're going to listen to Star now. Definitely be on the lookout for uh, the music videos for Nor'easter and Star when they come out. Be on the lookout for the 12-inch LP for Ghost Be Gone. And definitely check out Warren the Duke when they come back into town, hopefully soon. Uh, for Dan and myself and everyone at Frisky Morris and Friends, this has been the Out of Towners, Episode 6. Have a good day, night, evening, whenever you're listening to this. We out. Peace. Later. Bye. Bye. <laughs>